the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Please be seated. Look, God's about to do a mighty work among us. Amen? So get ready, get ready. God's going to do it for us. Amen? Today, I want to talk about restoration power. Three, I thought I was saying resurrection power. <laughs> restoration power. Restoration power. In Isaiah chapter 42, verse 22, it says, But this is a people, a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes. They are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey. And no one delivers. So what, that, what does that say? God's help, uh, expecting someone to deliver. They're plundered. And no one says restore. So God is saying, I need somebody to say the word restore. And if no one is going to say that, I am saying it this morning in the name of Jesus your time of restoration has come. And I'm saying the word restore. You are no longer going to be a prey to the enemy. The enemy will no longer plunder your life. Will no longer plunder your finances. Will no longer plunder your relationships. The enemy is not going to come into your life. Because God's going to do a great work. A work of restoration in your life this morning. Can I hear an amen? Restore. God will restore everything the enemy is taking from you. Let me share a little bit about the devastation that sometimes comes into our lives. And I've been there. Sometimes the enemy zeroes in on you and he wants to bring you down. He wants to destroy because that's what the Bible tells us. He came to steal, to kill, and to what? To destroy. Believe me, the enemy is doing that. He is very busy. He doesn't rest. You know, spirits don't sleep, you know. They want to do a work of destruction. And the one they are targeting is you and me. They're coming after us. And in Joel chapter 1 verse 4, he tells us this. But he tells us this here. What the shoeing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. And what the swarming locust ate, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. You know what that means? Have you ever been in a place where you, everything seemed to be going on well with you, and all of a sudden something came in the mail? You read it, and your life is transformed. 
And you're dealing with this one problem. Want something that came in, maybe this time is finances. The next thing you know, your child is being attacked all at the same time. Something else comes in. And then something else. That's the enemy. He's wanting to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And this thing come, come at us in this way. And you wonder, am I ever going to get out of it? They're coming at you so strong. When things like this happen, and I believe many of us are there today, and you're so confused. My life was okay. I was doing so well. I had nothing to be afraid of. Now I've got so many problems. I'm dealing with this particular problem. It seems like I'm making a little headway. Now something else is showing up. And then another thing shows up. And then some other thing shows up. And you feel swamped. And so most people get depressed and wondering, where is God? Sometimes your finances are okay. But you said, I don't care about finances, right? Because I got so many problems. I, I, I would rather let go of these finances. That's not a problem because these ones are bigger. Now the doctors are telling you, you might lose your life. These things happen to people. And that's the way the enemy wants it. Now, when these things happen, this is what we must know. I've come to believe, and I said it on Wednesday night, from uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. We always use the word, whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth. Now, let me tell you what that means. Whatever you allow on earth, that's what it is. You don't go out losing and binding. What are you losing and binding? I mean, whatever you allow. That's the authority God has given to you. Jesus made it very clear. We are allowing things in our lives that God has nothing to do with. No, God doesn't have anything to do with it. We allowed it. And so Jesus said, whatever you allow on the earth, if you are on the earth, if you allow it, heaven will allow it. Heaven's agendas can never be set aside. And you start heaven's agenda by what you allow, what you fear, what you embrace. Because the enemy is coming at you and then you begin to see differently and you begin to expect, well, it's called fears. You begin to imagine that this is going to happen to you. My life is over. And, and the end of it is what? Shame. Hello. That's what it is. Read through the scripture. You see, God keeps saying to us, I will never allow you to be put to shame. I will never allow you to be disgraced. Why? Because the enemy is putting stuff in our heads and telling us based on all of these things that is eating from our lives and this problem here and that problem there and he's stealing from us and he tells you, when I'm through with you, there will be nothing left. People will even wonder, he serves God, but boy, look at his life. If that's the way God does to the people that serve him, I don't want to go to church. Shame. Shame. But God told us, no, I will restore.
restore. Somebody's got to speak the word restore. I will restore. You see, let me tell you this. God is in the restoring restoration business. The business of restoration, let me tell you. That's who God is. Before you walked this earth, he knew you. Before those problems appeared in your life, he knew them before they they got there. And he's always planning a way of restoration to get you back and above. Back and above where you were. And you're wondering... Everything seems to be dying. They say God wants you there so you can look up to Him. You've been looking up to yourself too long. Without me, you can do nothing. You see, let me go back to the Garden of Eden. Do you know that? The Garden of Eden? Restoration. Adam had everything. Adam had everything. Adam was in paradise. He was doing well. Until Satan showed up. And took authority. And began to speak to him. And lied to him. You know, we need to understand something. When God says something, he is the authority. If he doesn't line up with God's word, there is no authority there. But if you believe what the enemy is telling you, you have given authority to the enemy and he becomes your master and you are going to pay the price. So, what we must do is, it is written. Always. It is written. Even if it's contrary to what I see, it is written. That's the authority. You know, Satan made himself the authority to Adam and Eve. And they believed him. He said, it shall, you will not surely die. When God has said you will die, and Satan is saying you will not die, and look at the word, he says you will not surely die, and it seems like God was trying to hide something from you. He says because God knows that the day you eat, this stuff, you're going to be just like God, knowing good and evil. Well, they knew good and evil, but Satan didn't tell them what comes after knowing good and evil. But they believed him and he became the authority. See? Every time we believe the enemy based on what he's flashing before our eyes, we give him authority over our lives. But let me tell you this. Even when that was going on, I started wondering in my mind, did God not see Satan talking to him, Eve? Hello? Why didn't he step in? Have you thought about that? If God had stepped in and said, hey, you devil, why are you talking to my daughter? That would have been the end, right? But God never showed up. God didn't show up. You know Why? Relationship is based on trust. Hello. And God's not going to force you. He's giving you his word. 
He's expecting you to have absolute trust in what he's told you. And if you stay with it, you remain in paradise. Amen? But if you distrust his word, you are going to be in the wilderness before long. Before long, you will be naked and have nothing. You will only be having leaves, leaves to cover yourself. And full of shame. But notice what happened. After they sinned, God came and said to the man, to the woman, what happened here? What happened here? Because they said, we heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden and uh, we were afraid. Number one, amen? That's the first attack, afraid. It's funny. You are afraid of the one that's going to help you? I was afraid. We were afraid. Because we were naked, exposed. We have exposed ourselves. Anything can destroy us now. Whereas it was never there. But then God immediately, because God, you can't take him on a way. He already knew what was going to happen. And guess what? He had a plan for restoration in place. It's funny, when you read the scripture, it says they, were, they covered themselves with leaves. All that time God was talking to them, they were still covered. Read, because it was afterwards we were told God made them coats, right? They were, God was talking to them and they were still covered with leaves. That's, that's crazy. But God has a plan for restoration. And God said to the woman, to the devil, the seed of this woman is going to bruise your head. You heard him in his heels. That was God's plan for restoration from the very beginning. God already had this plan. The seed was Jesus of Nazareth. You know, what God did, you notice he put a coat upon them, skin, from animals. That was to protect them until the time of restoration. Amen? Just to protect you. So don't worry. Restoration is on its way. Restoration is coming. If you are staying with God, restoration is coming. Do you know what, why sometimes we go into all, the, all of these troubles? Many times it's because, not all the time, just like with Job. Job went through a very difficult time. But it wasn't because he had done anything wrong. But most of the time, it's because of what we have allowed. We turned away from God. Like I said here before, when you cease to believe that God himself is the most high God, and you cease to believe that he is the possessor of heaven and earth, and you cease to believe that God can deliver you from all of your enemies, when you fail 
to, do, to believe in all of that, then you start doing your own thing, and most of those things are sinful before God. Sin is what opens the door, in most cases, for these devastations that come to us, one after the other. Not every time, but in many cases, it's because we have allowed something consciously or unconsciously. Both are dangerous because Satan is a legalist. He doesn't care about you. You've done something. Even if you just play with that Ouija board, we were just playing games, he's taking you. And he's going to say to God, he came to my territory. I didn't ask him to. He came. I didn't invite him. He came on his own accord. And God can't do anything because you did. Have you read in the scripture where Satan saying to Jesus, have you come to destroy us before the time? You read that? And he used to say, how dare the devil tell him that? Because they knew God would not go against his word. It wasn't time. Very legalistic. You go there, he's going to take you. And so that's sometimes why these things happen. Not every time. Because the, the man that was born blind, it was in his sin. That's John chapter 9. That caused it. It was in his sin. Sometimes God allows it because he wants to take you to another level. That's the best case scenario. He's wanting to promote you. That's when it happens. So when you see those, these dev devastations come into your life, the first thing to do is, God, am I okay? Do that. Did I do something wrong? Yes, we're all human, right? And believe me, if you ask God, he'll show you. He'll let you know. My sheep hear my voice. Don't tell me. The disciples had Jesus right before them, right? Every time they asked a question, did he, did he just keep quiet and said nothing? No. After they asked the question, he replies. They don't have an advantage over us just because we can't see Jesus. Believe me, when you ask him, he'll talk to you. The reason why he's not talking to you, you never asked. <laughs> Hello, brothers and sisters. If you ask, he's going to speak to you. So if all these devastations are coming your way and Satan is causing so much pain in your life and you don't understand what's going on, search yourself, search your heart. It could be because you allowed something that you shouldn't have allowed. God will tell you specifically what it is. His spirit will let you know. Maybe while you're waking up, he lets you know you shouldn't have gone to that place that you went last night. Or the other time. You never forget. He, all of a sudden, that memory comes back to you. That's God speaking to you. And all you need to do is, God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. You don't have to cry till the ne till next week. <laughs> Just tell God you're sorry. You know, the way I look at it, it's called repentance. The way I look at it is God said this very clearly. He says, if your brother, the disciples, let me backtrack a little bit. The disciples says, how many times will my brother offend me and I forgive him? That was Peter saying, I'm really getting tired of this John. He's causing me a problem. When do I let him have it? 
The guy says, seven, t- seven times, you know that was, he's offended me this seven times, and I, ne- I really need to do something about this. How many times? And Jesus said, not seven times, 70 times seven. Basically, um, let me walk to my wife. It says, wow. Well, I'm sorry, I really repent, I repent. And she says, what happened? I repent, I repent. Uh, and she says, I forgive you. Wow. I repent, I repent. God says 70 times seven. That's a lot of time in offending somebody in one day. You must be crazy in offense. Something has gotten into you. If you're going to offend somebody 70 times, seven times in one day, we'll bury you, no kidding. But that's what he said. But then think about this. If God expects me to forgive that much in one day, what about him? What about him? You can be forgiven. Ask him for forgiveness. Tell him you're sorry. And the Bible tells us very clearly, God will for, is faithful and just to forgive. Not only that, but he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In other words, when it's true with you, you feel good. It's like you didn't do anything wrong. But your mind won't let you go. But you got to forgive yourself. Amen? But that's usually the problem. So, what should we do when things are really, really rough? Whether it's because of something you've done or you don't really understand what's going on. Many times we really don't know what is happening. I've done, I'm doing everything that I know to do. How many have been there? I've done everything that I know to do. I pray, I, I'm studying, I'm trying to follow God. Why am I going through this? God's trying to do something. But when these things happen, what we should do is, is, take, is in Joel, the book of Joel, chapter 2, where we just where we read from Joel, chapter 1, and if you go to verse, things were so bad for the children of Israel to the point where if you go to verse 9, the, the grain offering and, and uh, the grain offering, the water that they poured out as offering for God, that was gone. They were not doing it. It was cut off. And the Bible says in verse 12 of that same chapter, uh, chapter 1 now, verse 12 of that same chapter, joy has disappeared from the sons of man. Joy. Joy. And so it was a tough situation. And then if you go back to chapter 2, and then from beginning from verse 12, it says what to do. When you experiencing things like this, just to sit there and feel sorry for yourself, you're just going to be there for a long time. That's not the way to go. The thing to do is to repent, like we said. Ask God for mercy. And maybe you don't even know if you've done anything wrong. Job didn't know, right? He couldn't tell what happened. As far as he was concerned, I've done everything that I know to do. And Job was stubborn. He says, I didn't do anything wrong. He's God fighting me. But if if you read in verse 12 of chapter 2, 
He says, Now therefore say to the Lord, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. That's when to turn to him. Maybe your heart is not fully turned to him. Now, it, when these things are coming at you, God's trying to get your attention. Even if he's trying to promote you, he wants all of you. Give me everything. Give me all of your heart. I need all of your heart because I can do work with you just with part of your heart. I need all of your heart in this great work that I have. This great accomplishment that I have for you. So he cornered you and now he says, come to me with all of your heart. Return. Return to me with all of your heart. And then with fasting, we've done that in January. Fast and mourn. Mourning is like, God, what's going on? I need your help. And reading in Psalm 34, verse 4, when you cry out to God, He says He will deliver you from all of your fears. You know what that means? All of your fears? When you lose your job, I'm telling you all night long, Satan is giving you so many kinds of years. How are you going to pay your bills? Will your children be able to eat? You're going to lose your car. You're going to lose your house. And nobody's told you, all you know, they just fired you, right? He's not telling you you can find another job. He's like, that doesn't, that's not going to exist. You just, all your mind is consumed. That's fear. But when you call upon God, guess what he does? He delivers you from all of your fears. All of them. All of them. All of them. All I have to do is call. He says, call to the Lord and he will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. He'll show you. He'll show you. Great and mighty things that you don't know. So call on him. God says, look, I don't want you. In the Old Testament, they will rent their garments. God says, no, I don't want that one. Tearing your clothes means nothing to me. Uh, if you want to rent anything, your heart is what I need. Uh, rent that heart. Empty that heart for me. Give everything that you have to me. Sometimes we're worshiping God. We serve God, but we're not really going there. It's just, I'm present in church this morning. God, so I'm, you're going to bless me. I shook the preacher's hand this morning in some circles. That's not what God is wanting. He says, give me all of your heart. Don't ever serve God half-heartedly. Why should you do a thing like that? That's insulting to the God who died on the cross for you. You throw everything in. Everything. Give all of your heart. Return to the Lord your God. He says he will be gracious, merciful, slow to anger, is great in kindness. He may relent and he'll leave some blessings behind. A grain offering and a drink offering. <laughs> so and the things were so bad. And that happens to us too. Things got so bad, you just tell yourself, I don't think I can afford to tithe. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Because the locusts will not go away. <laughs> Amen? The locusts are not going to go away. Those crawling locusts and those consuming locusts, uh, if you start doing that, they won't go away. But when you rend your heart and you come to God with all of your heart, 
they are about to go away. Can I hear an amen? Let me go to Zechariah. You see, when you go through difficult times, some, most of the time when you do what is right, God wants to give you double for your troubles. Amen. Because he is in the business of restoration. He wants to give you double for your trouble. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12, he says, As for you also, because of what? The blood of the covenant. Everyone say, the blood of the covenant. The blood of the covenant. You are in covenant with God. It's not just because of you. Because of the blood of the covenant. So when you seek God with all of your heart, the blood of Jesus that is better than the blood of Abel will begin to speak on your behalf. He says, because of the blood of the covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pits. Return to your stronghold. In other words, go back. I've said this before. Jesus is our stronghold. I'm telling you, Jesus made a statement. He said, those that the Father has given to me, no man can pluck them out of my hand. He says, the reason for that is, the Father who gave them to me is greater than all. How is he going to try to pluck you with troubles and pains and difficulties, attacking your marriage, attacking your family, attacking your children, attacking your finances, making you, trying to force you to forget God. God says, all of these things will not work. No one can pluck them out of my hand. The Father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. He's greater than all. I have nothing to fear. That's why Jesus will always say, don't be afraid. Only believe. Because there's a reason to be afraid. He's so real before you. You want to be afraid. But Jesus said, don't go there, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there, child. Don't go there. Just trust me. My father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. He is greater than all. That means he's greater than all your troubles. He's greater than cancer. I know when we hear the word cancer, we're saying, hey, they said, yeah, I have cancer. Forget that nonsense. God can kick that thing out of your life. And the do- you show up and the doctor says, what happened to you? You say, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. Amen. I'll tell you. Because of the blood of the covenants, I am covered with that covenant blood. Related to God. I'm a part of God's family. That's where I am from. I'm from heaven because I am born again. Born by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is on me. I am covered with this covenant blood. You can't touch me. Satan can't do it. It's God said, I will bring you out of that prison. You see, Satan is the one that locks you up there and telling you, you there's no way you will recover. But God is in the restoration business. No matter how low you've come, no matter how bad the situation is, but let me tell you today, by the power of the name of Jesus, your rest, restoration is right here this morning. God's bringing restoration to your life. There we are. The Ark Fellowship everywhere. 
we're going to be feeling it. Your finances are going to be restored. The things that have given you pain because Satan is come against you. God's going to... Let me go back to the scriptures. I got to go back. Even today, he says, I declare. Say the word even today with me. Even today. Say the word today. Today is my day. Today is my day. This is the appointed time. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. Today is the appointed time. Now is the accepted time. This is my day. Even today, he says, God says, I declare. I will restore what? Double to you. Can God lie? God is not a man that he should repent. He's not going to talk. He said, well, I don't know about me. I know about you. God already said it. If you don't want it, it's too late. You heard it. God said it already. You know, the reason for that is that blood of the covenant does put favor upon your life. You got favor. When you have favor with God, God gives you double. I can read the story of Anna and Penina. They, the wives of Elkanah, uh, they go to Jerusalem every day. Hannah was barren and he couldn't have, but he loved Anna more. That's more favor, amen? And I had more favor. And he says in that scripture, you can read from verse 4 and 5, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he says he will give portions to Penina and her children. But to Hannah, he gives a double portion. A double portion. Say it with me. The double portion is mine. Because I am highly favored. That wasn't just for Mary. We are highly favored. Highly favored. Your double portion is yours. God doesn't want you sick. You allowed it. You allowed it. The word is already written. By his stripes, I am healed. What you allow is what heaven will allow. Matthew 18, verse 18. And God went further. He said, all you need to find a brother who agrees with you. He says, hold my hand. You believe this stuff with me? Yes. God said, whatever you agree and you allow on the earth, that's what we're going to allow. If you pray right now, he says, my Father in heaven will give it to you. And when God gives it to you, who's going to stand in his way? Who's going to stand in his way? No. If God be for us, do we forget the scriptures? It's like the prince acting like a papa. Uh-huh. No. I give you authority. We have it. We have it. We don't have to be afraid. And notice the Bible says all things are yours. I used to wonder, can I go take his Cadillac? <laughs> I've been confessing. <laughs> and confessing that Cadillac's mine. The guy says, Are you okay, son? What, what was this? That Cadillac over there is mine. He says, 
No, it's mine. I paid for it, okay? What's the matter with you? But when you stay with God, He will restore double. You know, I don't understand what happened with Job. All kinds of things happened to him. But if you read in Job 42, verse 10, when God brought back the captivity of Job. You know what God did for him? He gave him double. Twice he was already rich before. He was the richest man in the East. But when he went through trouble and God showed up, guess what? He doubled what he had before. He doubled it. That's true restoration. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Job, or the losses of Job, I'm going to close with this. I have so much to say. But give me Psalm 126. How many want laughter today? Amen. When he says in Joel that joy was cut out from the sons of men. When God restores, he does something in. He says, when the Lord restored the captivity of the people of Israel. That's Psalm 126, please. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion. You know what Zion is? That's the church. When God brought back the fortunes of the church, we were like those that dream. Hello? <laughs> it's like a dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. Don't we need laughter? And our tongues with singing. Before Amy hits the chord, we are ready to sing. Because God has brought back our fortune. God will restore double for your trouble. Can I hear an Amen. If you've gone through a difficult time lately, and I'm speaking this as a servant of God, because I know God called me. If you've gone through a difficult time, get ready for your double. God will restore double for the troubles that you went through. Every tear that you shed because of the trouble... God will give you greater laughter when it's all over. Amen? That's the God we serve. I always, I, you know, I, I put, I put a, a, a line of healing scriptures because I don't want to be sick. That's just me. I just don't want that thing. I think sickness is silly, crazy. He's a thief. He steals your time. He gives you fear. Gives you all kinds of fears. He steals your money. The doctors keep giving you the bill. You go to the hospital. You leave. They give you a few bills. And you go back home. You think, oh, that's all. I can pay that. Then the next thing you know, a few of them start showing up in your mail. You see that? It's never ending. They're stealing from you. And then you start wondering, when will the last one come? 
They're stealing from you. Sickness is evil. That's why God made provision for it. Amen? God made provision for it. So we don't have to. Doesn't mean we won't be tempted with it. Just like we sin, right? But don't, don't welcome it. <laughs> don't allow it. You can suffer for a few days, but don't allow it. Somebody says, if that's the case, how, don't we have to die of something? Why do you have to die of something? You don't have to die of anything. Think about David, right? He became weak, right? A little fever here, he's gone. Jacob. I like the story of Jacob. I need to stop. But I like the story of Jacob. Okay, listen. Jacob knew. It's an amazing thing. And the Bible says, we are like Isaac. Every one of us. We're like Isaac, according to the scriptures. Jacob knew when it was time for him to go, right? I like that scripture. We're coming to double again. And then he brought, all, he brought his children to him, right? All of them. And he knew it was time to go. And then he started pronouncing blessings upon them. Amen? But guess what kind of blessing he gave to Joseph? Double. Why? That was his favorite. Amen? And you are God's favorite. Every one of you. So you deserve double. Amen? We don't have to die of anything. Please, stand up with me today. You know, if you're not saved, <laughs> there's no better time to get saved. <laughs> get saved and love Jesus. Amen? Get saved and love Jesus. You have that connection card with you. Um, if you're saying this prayer for the first time to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're giving you opportunity right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's very important. You see, God cannot do a work in your life unless you let him in. You know what the scripture says? I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice, you open. God will not just force himself in. But I need God in my life. I don't know about you. I need God in my life every day. And I tell him, please don't ever leave me. Even though I know his promise, he will never leave me. So you're here today. You need to make a decision for him that you are going to serve him. There are a lot of attractions out there. That's from the enemy, believe me. The enemy is taking you to a place of captivity where he can house you in a hole and in prison and snare your life. But coming out of that place is coming to light so that God's will for your life is fulfilled here on earth. Every one of you has an assignment and it's never too late to discover that assignment. It's never too late with God. The day you know of it, that's the day God has called you to himself. And that's this very day. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Everyone is going to pray this prayer. But if you said that prayer, there's a part of that connection card that said, my decision 
before you put it in our offering bucket, tell me what your decision is today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Jesus, you are my Savior, and I welcome you into my life right now. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen.